Yes, sir, we promised you a great man here tonight. Last year, Andre, the China Sulmania! Hulkamania is running last. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat, Um, from Montego Bay, Jamaica, a.k.a. the chill capital of the world. Uh, It's me, Mr. Real Late, a.k.a. Peter Rosenberg, and all the way back in a place nearly as beautiful, I believe Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to be exact. Yes, of course. It is the physically strong SGG. SGG, what's up? I mean, unfortunately for me, I, I'm, I'm not in a place as sunny. You know, I'm not in some gorgeous vintage frames right now. Um, these are, these were, these were my Amber, Amber gave these, Amber Rose gave these to me for my birthday the year we met. The company is, uh, what are they called again? Like Dima or something? They are the most elite. I've never looked. They're my tell. favorite. <laughs> I can my tell. favorite to look through. I mean, I look a little bit like, I look a little bit like the like Jewish uh, mobster affiliate in 1973. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, you just said that your favorite lenses to look through. I think if people saw you in these, they would agree. They're our favorite lenses to see you through as well, Peter. So oh, they, look, okay. they look good. They look good. You, you watch Sopranos, right? No, I never watch Sopranos. Chris has been telling me. Chris has been telling me to get on it. Y'all, please, Greg. I, I'll please. I'll forgive all the bad TV you watch if you at least just start the Sopranos and make it part. No, of we've life. we've been meaning to. We've been meaning to because she's been telling me like, you you love pasta, you love pizza, but you don't love Italian culture nearly as much if you keep procrastinating on the Sopranos. So it's it's something that has to happen before the wedding. Yeah, you need to start this off. And, yeah. and, and there's like six seasons worth. So once you get in, you get to just dive in. Anyways, Tony has a friend named Hesh, who's a Jewish guy who was in the record business. Um, Hesh and, Rosenberg? Uh, what's, what's the title of what he's called? It's not Hesh Rosenberg, but he has a... a um, there's a word that mobsters have for like the money guys like him, and I'm forgetting the word. Not a shyster. It's like that. Though. It's <laughs> like a very a anti-Semitic sounding word. I can't remember. Anyways, I feel like these glasses or something Hesh would wear. But uh, I'm DJing a wedding in Jamaica. I'm DJing a wedding tomorrow in Jamaica. Um, and so didn't know if we'd be able to do the podcast this week. But I was like, you know what? Even though I'm shirtless on the beach waiting for uh, some sort of delicious frozen beverage to come my way, Let's jump on and talk for a little bit about the week that was. And I also want to give a big thank you to the extremely supportive Cheap Heat 
uh, friends and family who supported the Real 8 Project. Um, I appreciate all of you very much. I see the little, uh, I see the comments out there from people who are GP people and, and supporting the project. So thank you very much. Um, I just posted the merch. Um, like the oh, GP it is Real 8 merch. Yeah. Do you see it? I did not. I did not. Take a look, SGG. Um, I think you'll dig it. Um, Natalie, Natalie really helped me with the, sort of the mood board to like get the vibe of what the shirts are like. Uh, it's three shirts, two, two short sleeves, one long sleeve, and like a dad hat. The dad hats, I actually really like the dad hat. It's kind of like a black denim with the teal real. real um, I think the dad hat sort of the sleeper. Um, but I, uh, I hope everyone check it out. The merch, just like cheap eat merch, will go away quickly. Going to just keep it limited and put up some new stuff down the line. I see a beautiful um, olive skin. beverage arrived. I was going to say an olive skin, dark haired Mediterranean woman walking my way, carrying delightful frozen beverages. Wow. SGG. Let the guy live. This you know, is, let the guy this have was needed. This was needed. Because, I mean, listen, it, it could not have been easy spending, you know, the first half of this year during a pandemic curating what, what by this time next year will be either a Grammy-nominated hip-hop mm. album or, or a Grammy-winning hip-hop album. We don't know. But it, but it could not have been easy. And, and after finally seeing the fruits of your labor come out and be enjoyed by, by the hip-hop community, and I guess with the Cheap Heat universe by the pro wrestling community as well, I mean, the least you could do is treat yourself to a, to a nice, delicious frozen beverage by the, by the ocean on the beach. And I will say, I will have you know, what is this again? A pina colada? I will have you know, this pina colada is delicious, as my mom, Mindy Rosenberg, would say. By the way, we need to start bringing that into the... Into the into the cheap heat universe of conversation. Delicious is right up my alley. And, well, and also, I'll have you know. <laughs> I'll have you know <laughs> is a gem. It started because my mom, who's, let me, what's the right word I should use for Mindy? Um, frugal, perhaps? Okay. She, okay, My niece fair. and nephew were making fun of her because, because she got she got 7-Eleven pizza for dinner. And my niece Rightfully and nephew so. were dogging my mom for loving... And my mom said, I'll have you know, the pizza from 7-Eleven is delicious. And well, it's become a catchphrase ever since. She hit them with the I'll have you know and the delicious. Yeah, it's, that's the whole thing. It all goes together. Um, so anyways, SGG, uh, let's get started with professional wrestling. Um, any big news outside the ring this week? Huge news. Um, if you're a fan of Andrade, he showed up on AEW Dynamite this Friday, and then it was confirmed that, you know, unlike some of these pop-ups where, you know, the person will work some AEW dates, but they're not contracted by the company, Andrade is all elite. And so we will be seeing him on many, many dynamites um, in the weeks and months and hopefully years to come. Well, that one is one we knew would happen. Good job out of Tony Khan to do the right thing and not just, you know, have him jump on TV, but make him truly all elite because that guy is, listen, I get, it didn't work out in WWE for whatever reason. We don't know, 
But I know one thing. I don't think anyone ever watched him who thought he didn't have what it took to potentially be a star. Right. I don't, I don't know anybody who watched him and thought, well, you know, this guy is middle of the road or just average or like, you know, I don't want to see this guy as world champion. You know, I don't, I don't think anybody who saw him had a ceiling on, on where he could go. Did he, um, did he keep El Idolo or any of the nicknames? Yeah, I think he's, I think he's Andrade El Idolo right now, mm. which I like. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Good for him, man. Happy for him. Um, really crazy when you think about the fact, though, how crazy the world is where Charlotte is a WWE staple and her fiance is now going to be an AEW staple. Yeah. Ho- well, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, if, if, if they use him to the potential that he, that he has, then, yeah, he should be like a staple in the main event guy. And like you said, we, we did see this coming. I mean, he had already announced that he was going to face Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship at some point. So, you know, they have to promote the match. He would have had to pop up on AEW television at some point. But, yeah, like you said, to make him truly all elite is, is what makes this meaningful. Yeah, really decision by by them. Going on. And then in other news, sort of in the opposite direction, Leo Rush announced that he is retiring from the professional wrestling industry. Um, This could be one of those wrestling retirements where he he gets the itch and comes back. He's certainly young enough for that. Um, But as of now, this is the one and it's for good. SGG, this story really confused me. I I really, I'm hoping it's like a work of some sort because I don't quite understand. Uh, and I haven't reached out to him. I didn't want to intrude. But like, I'm just a little confused. It, I'm sure it was incredibly frustrating. And I know he has a new baby. I think it's third, I think. I think so. And I know he's, you know, trying to provide for his family. But it must have been frustrating and it must have been a setback. But I was, it was curious to me that it all of a sudden led to retirement. Um, and I wonder whether it's something as simple as the level of frustration was so high that in the moment he felt that was his only option. But he, he went on to say that he would fulfill his, I think, what was it, NJPW obligations? Yeah. Yes. He said he would fulfill those obligations after he healed. So I'm like, wait, are you really going to heal all the way up, then fulfill your obligations, and then just and then even though you're healthy at that point, stay retired? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, seems unlikely. Did... That seems unlikely to me. I I think give this some time. Yeah, and he did flirt with retirement before. Then, you know, it was promotion for an album, and then he came back, and then obviously he did some things outside of the ring. Um, with the challenge so he could probably do that make some decent money but yeah right now though leo rush is saying i'm injured i need to heal and when i heal i'm retired so for now it's just very straight yeah it's but i will say this if if he if when this stuff happens it leads him down the path of wanting to retire i'm this could be taken as me being a jerk but it's not. It's being just dead honest. This may not be the, the best world for you. 
it's because this happens all the time. Like, like being stuff. injured and then being like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And, and, and the being injured and then coming back for a second and getting injured again. And then you, you like, we can look back in history and see so many people who have had these problems of false starts and then, and really frustrating times. And maybe his are more frustrating than the average. I, I want to give full credit to how difficult and frustrating it's been, but I couldn't do it. I'm not saying I could do it cause I couldn't, but <laughs> right. I will say that this is certainly a thing that happens. So um, it'll be interesting to, for him to figure out if it is the right place for him, because who knows? I mean, listen, Leo Rush hasn't even come close to reaching what his potential is. Right. He was still way on the rise. Like the thing is, and that's the key to me. If it, to me, if I'm him and I'm his family and I'm like, Hey, you want to retire? You think this business isn't long-term for you, but you're going to heal up and work a bit anyway. Well, if you're going to work a bit anyway, when you heal up, you might as well just try to have one more run because in this business, a few year run can, can make you um, money for a lot longer period after you work. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and like right now, if Leo Rush permanently retires, the amount that he can make for appearances, autographs, etc., it's whatever. But if he were to have one amazing three year run in AEW, you know, where he wins some titles and is really a guy on TV a lot, then you retire. You're, you've just upped your money down the line forever. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know part of it, too, in a, in a little note that he put out was mentioned that he wants to be more of a family man. But, I mean, you're, you're right, too. If he, if he can just have a solid run where he doesn't work that many dates and he still goes to the stratosphere, he's set for, he's set for life, probably. You can at least know that, you know, when the, when the, you couldn't be set for life and there'll be much, but you could be, if at any point you need to grab some money, it's going to be there for you. And if his entire run is what it's only been so far, at first it may feel like there's opportunities, but if you don't do more five years from now, people start to forget if you don't have sort of that memorable run. Yeah. So listen, he's a, he's a man. He's got a family. He's going to figure out what he needs to do, but I wish him the best. Great. Legendary he's a, status. He's is, a great guy. Yeah. And legendary status for him is, is within reach. So, you know, we'll see what he does. He's young too. I think he's still in his twenties. He is he's so super this, young. This, this could, he can reverse course on this anytime. I hope he considers it. Also, we don't know the details of what the injury is, right? Uh, I think it was a shoulder injury, if I'm not mistaken. I saw like a photo of, of maybe an x-ray. Yeah, yeah, he showed that. Was... But like it didn't appear to be some terrifying injury that would really be the kind that makes you reconsider if it's something you can do, you know? Yeah. But, like you think... said, it might be just like frustration. Right. That's what it feels like. I mean, I don't want to speak out of school. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But I assumed it was an arm thing or shoulder, not neck or back or something that, you know, you would really make you rethink everything. But we wish them the best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I think that was it for outside of the ring. Wasn't Let me ask you a question, SGG. How, uh, how's Jimmy Smith doing after a couple of weeks? Jimmy Smith? Yeah. He's doing all right. He's doing all right. I mean, I feel like he's, he's getting a little bit more leeway than Adnan. But um, he does sort of fit in a little better, but only slightly. It's not like an astronomical 
improvement for me over Adnan. Um, and I thought if Adnan had some time, he could really, really, I'm, I'm not going to put him on like Jim Ross level, but he had potential. Oh, really? To be more really enjoyable. good. SGG, SGG, I'm, for all the crazy takes you've made on the show, I'm glad you're not putting Adnan Verk on Jim Ross. No, I'm saying like I'm not that he had the potential to be like good. on Jim Ross's level as one of the legendary announcers that we pine for years on. You know what I mean? Like I feel like Pat yes. McAfee is going down as one of the it could go down as one of the great announcers in WWE history. I don't think Adnan would have gone down as one of the great announcers in WWE history. Is what I'm trying to say. I threw Jim Ross out right. as wait, an example. You, wait, you think McAfee could with potential? I think McAfee could if he keeps if he if he keeps being I, in I this room to breathe and all that he could go down as one of the like when he's done the people are like yo you know who I miss at the desk Pat McAfee or if this moment had Pat McAfee on it it would be it would be fire I think Pat McAfee is on that trajectory that not a lot of people I, I, are I, at you know what I mean I it's agree, really Jim man. Ross and Heenan and McAfee is on that path and then you know after that you Listen. know Vince for the jokes like what a maneuver and all of that but. Not in the same vein, but yeah, I don't see Jimmy. I don't see that for Jimmy Smith either. I, I think. I think. Listen, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anyone's on the path to the level of the names you just mentioned because I'm not a psychopath. But I will say, yes, Pat McAfee's ceiling's exceptionally high. Right. Don't know how high the ceiling is on Jimmy Smith. The Jimmy Smith ceiling is not Jim Ross or Gorilla yeah. Monsoon. Um, you know, I don't think that the Jimmy Smith ceiling is Michael Cole. Um, I have not heard a ton of him. Um, I've, I've, I've seen, uh, some of the last two weeks. I think he's got, he's got a better grip of it faster than Adnan had, but there's something about his voice quality that I'm not into yet. Um, it feels very generic, which there, there's a, that was the thing about Adnan, even though he was not good yet his voice was different. There was something about his voice quality that when I heard it, it stood out. Uh, Jimmy has a bit of a generic broadcasters announced voice. And the Um, name too, Jimmy Smith. I mean, like all of it is very bland and it's not meant to be disrespectful, but I mean, your presenter, you know, you need, you need some, some type of spice with it. And I'm, I really haven't been getting that from him. I wonder if they considered changing his name, but it was an argument because he already had a name in the MMA world and he was a fighter himself. And they just thought, no, his brand is too big. Because to me, I'm barely familiar with his brand and I would have really appreciated a different name because I think you're right. I think for a sort of uh, a very straightforward voice, look, et cetera, a spicier name actually could have helped in this case. Yeah. I mean... Listen, you take Charlie's name and put it on Jimmy. Make him Jimmy Caruso, and all of a sudden, I think he's a little more interesting. Easily. Easily. And then, and then honestly, too, that might help him. Because on the one hand, like, when he goes home, he's Jimmy Smith. And I think that might even be part of the problem. When he's at that announce table, he's Jimmy Smith, and he's being himself. But if you give him, like, a Jimmy Caruso, and it's like, no, no, this is, this is the character. This is what you need to be. Maybe he breaks out of his shell a little bit more and gives us some more. I don't know. But but Jimmy Smith is, I mean, he's there. Maybe if I ever got the job, I would, I would in, in very heelish fashion, show up and we're like, Rosenberg, welcome. I'd be like, I'm not Rosenberg when I'm here. I changed my name, guys. I'm Pete Rhodes. 
Yeah. Pete Rose. And like Pete Rose, there's already a Pete Rose. Like, no, no, no. There's only one Pete Rose. And you're looking at him. <laughs> and a- and that way it can allow you to sort of live in that character a bit more as opposed to having to be the person all the time. Because to be truly in wrestling, not me or Sam who shows up on the kickoff shows and offers insight and gets to sort of be a little bit of a part of the show, but to be fully immersed in the show, you do want to sort of put on another level of character that you don't have to sort of be responsible for in your everyday life. And, and, you know, to be fair to you, and this is not a shot at Sam, but I mean, you're a champion. So I, th- I think you are truly in wrestling. You are a wow. champion. You are you know a what? champion. It is, you, there's no way you can be a champion, but not really be truly in wrestling. Even David Arquette. You know what, SGJ? It's, a, it's, a, it's such a great point by you. It's, it's just hard to argue. Um, I mean, I appreciate that you were being humble with it, but let's be honest. The record books are what they are. Record books. That's in stone. Absolute facts. Um, what what's going on with Rhea Ripley on on Raw? What exactly is the Rhea Ripley character, SGG? That this is something I have some deep concerns about. You know how I feel about her potential, and I think she's doing a fine job herself. But I'm confused about what the character's supposed to be. What she what does she stand for? Who is Rhea Ripley? You know. That's a good question, and I wish I had I wish I had an answer for you. Um, I don't think I'm ready to take the championship off of her yet, or, or decide that like it isn't working. But I mean, even her presenting herself as like the nightmare, she doesn't really come off, you know, like nightmares, like anything that anybody should be too worried about. Yes, she's very confident. Yes, she backs it up. Um, yes, she can go in the ring, but that can't be every woman's character especially when you have, you know, confident, exceptional baby face in Bianca Belair and then confident, exceptional heel in Charlotte Flair. There's not really room for confident, exceptional tweener Rhea Ripley, which is what she's sort of coming off as. She needs something else. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think I wouldn't remotely consider taking the title off of her because you're, you're going to mess it up even further. Yeah, no. Um, she's fine. It's not that she's not credible as champion, but it's just what you just said. What does that mean? Like, she needs to be more than champion. I, I would have really gone with one thing I don't think they've taken advantage of at all is her age. I, I would be giving her sort of the Randy Orton treatment. This, like, how young a phenom she is. I mean, it's, it's part of the problem, though, that when they did that with Randy Orton, they sort of, it sort of didn't work and set him back a little bit because he got to the title really quickly and then dropped it really quickly and then sort of floundered in the, the mid-card area. Not really floundered, but they sent him back, they sent him back down there to sort of find his way because, you know, after that first run, they were and like, the he way, wasn't he ready did. yet, and then took him a few years to get back to the main event. By, by the way, see, that's a really interesting thing to bring up, SUG, and to me... That's an example of it per- working perfectly, not the opposite. Like, Randy Orton's career is a career anyone would dream of, right? Um, he's had the ultimate career. And here's how it works. Whether I don't know if it was viewed this way by them, but this is how I view it from the outside. You know, he's, he does a great job at FCW. He comes up, joins Evolution, wins the title, youngest champion ever. Then at some point it slows down a bit. 
takes some L's, goes to the mid card, lives at the top of the mid card for a good two two years. Yeah, I think it was like two or three and years. Then, and I remember being at shows when he was the mid card guy. That was when he got his biggest reaction. Yeah, the polls was on fire. Like when, everything was. <coughs> they changed his music. You, got, you know how much I love that song. Yeah, the music yeah, when he was... came out, this is pre I Hear Voices and post evolution. When he came out to dan 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 hey, nothing you can say. He was because he was a mid card guy. He, it's so funny because this was this was when I was first getting back into it, like literally exactly <laughs> the moment in 2005 when I got back in. Randy Orton was one of the first guys I thought was awesome. And I remember my ex-brother-in-law, Connor, he was like, yo, this guy is awesome. Like, I like Randy Orton. And he was at the time, you know, 17, 16. Like, he thought Randy Orton was awesome. And he lived in that. In that I, sometimes living in that mid-card allows you to gain people who want to support you, as opposed to being shoved down their throat as the biggest thing ever. So I don't hate the idea that Rhea lives up here for a minute and then goes down a little bit. The problem is the women's division isn't quite big enough to have a pure mid-card. Exactly. That is exactly what I was going to say. It's like, you know, if it feels like in the women's division, which is sort of unfair to them, but if you're not in the main event championship picture where everybody can't be, and you know you 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 feel like a bust, other unless the storyline is pure fire. But then, if it is, people demand that you go into that main event title picture because, like you said, there is no mid card for the women to really like live in, and thrive in, and develop. You're right. It does it just doesn't yeah, so, exist. So that it puts you in a precarious spot because you got to figure out exactly who Rhea Ripley is knowing that you're probably not able to just put her in the mid card and figure it out as time goes on. So I just, I don't know to me, rather than make her uh, telling her real story of how young she is and how she showed up here and you know, that she wants to take over this division. I don't, I don't know, man, like the whole nightmare thing. When I see her look and I see what the character is supposed to be, um, I just don't feel what I'm getting presented and I love her. So, you know, like I thought she looked a lot cooler and more appealing in NXT than she does now. Yeah. And who knows, maybe it's one of those things where we could circle back to the, to the crowd debate where like having people in the audience would boost her up a little bit more. But right now I'm with you is that like, she, she's awesome. There's no denying that when the bell rings, She's as talented as anybody has, as anybody they have. But there's something intangible that I can't even express that I feel like is missing. And that's that's the thing that seems to be like, uh, that I seem to be hyper-focusing on because it doesn't take away from her talent or how incredible she is. And it doesn't mean that she's not deserving of this opportunity she's being given, but there is something that is just like not there. Shayna Baszler getting involved with Alexa Bliss and the Funhouse stuff. What are you? What are your thoughts? I like it. I like it. And here's what. I, or I'll say I like the opportunity that this presents, right? Because Shayna Baszler is 
also a badass and is also somebody that's talented in the ring. But Shayna Baszler ran the risk of being sort of one-dimensional, right? And, and so by giving her this opportunity to show some character work, to show that she can act and that she can do these different things, I, I sort of like it. And I, I know people thought it was cheesy with Alexa Bliss getting into the supernatural stuff, but I mean, come on, man. We just had 30 years of Undertaker that we loved the whole way through. And Undertaker did some stuff that was hokier than this, what's going on with Alexa Bliss. So great, great point. So I mean, are we are we down for this experience and like we're gonna give it an opportunity to be good or bad? Because not everything Undertaker did was great, but at least when it was happening, we gave it the chance to develop. I think everybody wins Facts. going down the that's, that's really Alexa, really well said. with Shayna and Alexa Bliss. So I mean, it gives her a chance to show Shayna that she can not just go in the ring, but that she she is a fully developed character, which is what you want. Well. Well, and whether or not we were willing to give Undertaker that chance to show it, uh, we didn't have a vo- an option to go tell the world that we hated it. So um, that is true. Which, in many ways, I miss. Um, so, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre yet again. Is this is Hell in a Cell next week going to be the absolute true end? Of Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley? I hope so. I really do. And I hope that it ends with Bobby Lashley still being the WWE champion. Because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that Drew and Bobby don't work together and that they haven't put on some absolute bangers. Because to me, they have. Their styles work well together. I agree. And I enjoy their matches. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that I am tired of those matches because I feel like if given the time and space for them to push and pull apart and have some separation and then find their way back to each other, it could be great. But Drew finding his way back to Bobby Lashley month after month is the problem for me. Well, and, and think about it like this, SGG. If he were to win at Hell in a Cell, that means they have to fight again right away. Because you know what? The stipulation is that Drew doesn't get a shot at Bobby's championship. But if Drew gets the title back, then most certainly Bobby deserves a rematch after Drew having six or seven or whatever it's been. Right? Exactly. So it would mean not only do you take the title off Lashley, give it back prematurely to Drew McIntyre, but you also mean you have to then take longer in this story. So I think Lashley finishes him once and for all. Hopefully if they find another direction for, for Drew to go in and let Drew circle back around. Like, uh, it's not like Drew, God, being in the title picture doesn't mean you have to be the champion or number one contender. Like, he, he can hover around and be back in the crowds here and have it mean something. But Bobby Lashley is starting to feel so believable you know, as champion and being this guy reigning on top for a long time. Do not jump yet. It's it's just getting going. Yeah, agreed. And you just said the exact right word for why Bobby Lashley needs to hold on to this because he is believable. Every Everybody who's come to him and stepped up as a challenger while he has been the champion has gotten absolutely thrashed, including Drew McIntyre. Like, they just really haven't built anybody up yet to be believable as a contender. Uh, and like, again, Drew's going to give him a great match. He's going to give Drew a great match. 
but the part of where Drew takes the championship off of him after Hell in a Cell, which is supposed to be even more brutal than the matches they've already had, I don't see it. Yeah, neither do I. I guess we'll find out a week from Sunday. Um, man, I wish this will be the last pay-per-view with no crowd, God willing. And man, it couldn't come soon enough. I know we've already had this argument, but I would be excited if, if Hell in a Cell was back with people already, too. Um, but we'll do Tampa one more time. Uh, also, I know that a lot of people reached out and sent emails saying that we really didn't give the AEW pay-per-view its fair shot and we ended up dogging Tony Khan and not really talking about was what was received as a good pay-per-view. And um, I'm not going to argue that. That's a, it, that's a fair... That's a fair assessment. Um, like I said, I, I sort of got taken out of the zone of being excited about watching it, and then I, I hadn't, and then I was caught up with other stuff. So rather than fight with you people and tell you, screw you, go listen to another podcast. No, I get it. That's, I, I am sure that the biggest thing that happened at, at the pay-per-view was not just Mark Henry walking out, or not the, the best thing that happened was not Mark Henry walking out. In fact, SGG mentioned that there were a couple of great matches. Um, and so that's a, that's a fair assessment. So... I'll, I'll, we'll do a better job on the next AEW pay-per-view. I saw the messages, wasn't able to reply to all of them, but I, I hear you loud and clear. We'll do a better job if they do as good of a job, though. Because if they if they come with trash, we're not going to dig for gems. No, we're just going to be honest. I mean, so, so, some would say that we do a lot of that, SGJ. <laughs> some would say. <laughs> Let's keep it even, bud. Let's keep it impartial. Uh, well, listen, everyone, I just want to jump on and give you guys a little something um, even though it's a week where I'm away, but I wanted to make sure we at least hit some of the big stories, and I'm sure we're still missing some of the big stories. Dipperstein did not wake up today, I guess. Uh, we never heard back from the dip in our chat. So actually, Dip might you know be what? on a beach somewhere, too. But Actually, but dip will, be, um, dip will be in person next week. I don't know, SGG, if you happen to be going to New York next week, but Dip's going to be in town. Oh, snap. So if you're considering a visit, just as a little heads up, we could do an in-person episode. You're fully vaxxed, right? I am. I'm, I vaxxed that ass up, of course. Vaxxed that ass up. You're fully vaxxed. I'm fully vaxxed. Dip fully vaxxed. So if you wanted to come up one night, do a little podcast, eat some delicious chicken, we could do it in person for the people. Um, but no pressure. Um, everyone is obviously doing everything at their own pace as they should. By the way, props to Jamaica. The amount you had to test to get in, you have to test to leave, temperature checks everywhere. There's someone at the airport forcing you to sanitize. They're not playing games in Jamaica. Forcing you to sanitize. What is a forced uh, sanitizer? Oh, yeah. There's a guy who look like. Like there's a machine that, that shoots out the spray and there's a guy they're like, please sanitize, please sanitize, please sanitize. I like it. So I, I respect Jamaica for their for their efforts. Tonight, I'm going to eat enough curry goat. Um, yes. You know, Kalalu, other delicious rice and peas, full delicious Jamaican fare tonight. Uh, Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Appreciate everyone's feedback on the future of the podcast. We have taken all that into account. And uh, some new info will be coming away way very, very soon. And again, thank you guys all for the support. Discord soon come. Discord soon come. I've decided I'm going to take the reins on that and try to set something up. So a discord is on the way. Well, we just have to figure out how to do it though. We have to tie it into something. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. I Don't got just it. go giving away a discord well, no, I, we, Pete, because we're going to, we're going to find a way to keep. Okay, good. Cause we're going to find a way to keep this podcast free. So we got to give something exclusive for some, some, yeah, some change. I got this. I got this. Cause we're, 
because we're going to find a way to keep the podcast free for everyone after a lot of conversations. Um, I did a bunch of podcasts myself, um, including one, I think the Long Gone podcast, it's called, really enjoyed that conversation. And we had a really interesting conversation about Patreon in which uh, I think it was Chris, one of the hosts, said to me, he was like, nah, I don't do Patreon. That's broke boy-ish. <laughs> Speaking of- And I was like, I was like, I hear you. And we had a good debate about why that is or is not broke boy-ish, but it was a good conversation. Um, so check that out. Also, my conversation with Bamani Jones was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, and go check out the uh, article in Vulture slash New York Magazine. And check out the Complex article, too. Um, speaking of podcasts, Cal from the Black Wrestling Podcast, you and him spoke about the, the late album. For Complex. Man, Cal really... Uh, he he's in he's in the top three best interviews I did. It's it's Cal. Um, damn. DJ John calling. Better not have messed up our whole recording, yo. It says we're still recording. It says we're still recording. It says we're still recording. If that whole thing's messed up, the level of hate. And DJ John, <laughs> let me tell you something. DJ John is in Jamaica somewhere right now, and I know what he's gonna do. He's going to do the obvious, yo, where are you at? We should get together. Can I just and, say something about that? And then that? you're not going to get together. Nah, fam. And SGG, honestly, I'd probably say the same with you. Unless you're at the same resort. Like, why do we want to no, create it's work? We, it's true. It's we live in the effort. same city. We live in the same city. If we don't make the effort to see each other, we're in New York. Now I'm here for three days, and I got to think about getting off the resort and taking, like, a cab to go. Like, I... Now, sometimes the resorts are like cool. on a strip. If your resort was like walking distance, right. I would I would like go in and oh, be like, yeah. whatever. Oh no no! If you're in Puerto, if, if you're um, if you're in San Juan, and you're staying at one hotel, if you're staying at the Ritz and the El San Juan is next door, whatever, that's easy, yeah, doable. We that's it's, it might as well be the same resort. Exactly. Anyways, uh, stay mage, SGG, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Appreciate for everyone for coming in. We'll be back with a full, Dipperstein full episode next week here on Cheapy. Thank you guys all for the support. And um, yeah, take it easy, SGG. I don't need to tell you this, but enjoy yourself. That's right. It's professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. At this time, I would like to introduce in the corner to my left, the Majesty. Sweet, sweet Peter Rosenberg. And then I went to makeup and like sat in front of the mirror a little bit and got myself together. Also, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I would like to introduce. Shout out to that guy, Greg. Red Heart is the greatest professional wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 Mitch.